This is episode 272 of the Empowered Team Podcast. Welcome to the Empowered Team Podcast, where we explore how to optimize your performance in career, sport, and life. And now your host, executive coach and life strategist, Kari Schneider. Welcome to the Empowered Team Podcast. I am so fortunate to be here today with Dr. Matt Ormond. I like to call him Dr. Matt. And he's a distinguished figure in holistic healthcare, renowned for his expertise in human physiology and mind-body-spirit harmony. Trained by top experts in various health disciplines, Dr. Matt excels in tailoring wellness strategies for high performers. His approach goes beyond traditional healthcare, offering bespoke solutions that emphasize precision, discretion, and effectiveness. He is a trusted advisor to elite athletes and professionals and is dedicated to empowering individuals to not just live, but excel in all aspects of health and performance. I am so excited to be here with Dr. Matt so welcome, Dr. Matt. How are you? Uh, thank you very much for having me. Uh, I am great. It's such a pleasure to be with you today. Thank you for that introduction. I, I, you know, went into your bio a little bit there. However, I heard a rumor that you were a body worker of Tony Robbins at one point. Is that a, is that a rumor? Or is that truth? What is uh, that? So that is a rumor. That's a rumor. Uh, um, I have been in that circle uh, where where my acclaim that I have is Sean Callagy, who is a Tony Robbins disciple who reads leads unblinded, which is an integrity based human influence talent hotbed. Uh, he's been a patient of mine. I actually go to, to his seminars and events oftentimes and work support for him and his team. Incredible. And, and you work with top level professionals, athletes, you work with young teenagers, you have a really wide range of patients that you work with in the realm of chiropractic, in the realm of energy healing, in the realms of, can, can you just explain a little bit more for anyone who's not familiar with some of this type of healing work or this type of, of physiological or, or anatomical healing? Yeah, uh, thank you. I mean, so I've had the privilege, I started out my, my career as a sports medicine doctor. And, uh, and so I had a clinic in Huntington Beach, California, and uh, my last name is Ormond. So it was Ormond Sports Chiropractic was the first iteration of my practice. And, uh, and I love working with athletes. I've, I've studied under some really phenomenal kinesiology doctors, and they taught me so much about how, you know, the, the, the kinetic chains work together. And if there's a dysfunctional uh, low back or dysfunctional shoulder, you have to look through the entire kinetic chain to find the source of dysfunction. So that was uh, you know, I found myself, I really enjoyed the detective work of figuring out what was going on. And the beautiful thing with that is the results were so fast. You know, we, these young athletes, we could fix a meniscus issue or shoulder impingement in one or two visits. And that became my niche. And these coaches loved me and I loved these coaches. And pretty soon I grew my practice into working on these athletes' parents and then working on these, you know, the, the neighbors and friends and whatnot. And, and so it was a year or two into practice as I'm working on more adults than, than athletes at this time, uh, athletes healed so fast. Teenage athletes heal so fast. And these adults took a lot longer. And I'm one, I'm a seeker. I'm a, I'm a, a consummate scientist. I wanted to understand the principles as to why. 
I understood some ideas as to why adults took a bit longer to heal. But, you know, our bodies, all of our bodies are subject to the same principles. And so I wanted to understand that. And, and here's what was unique uh, in my, my uh, trajectory, at least, is I had a small percentage of patients that didn't respond to care. And when I, I was pretty good at structural work, I was good at muscular work. I used acupuncture and borrowed Eastern thought and brought that into to my treatment. Um, but in this this smaller population that didn't respond to care, it sent me right back to the drawing board. Of what was I missing? And as I studied and researched and pondered and meditated and and you know it prayed and all these things that you do you do to figure these things out, uh, I came across again the physiology of stress, and uh, and. The, for the last 17 years, that's been my unique niche is working on the, the physiology of stress. And so when a body is in, doesn't matter if we're old or young, male or female, uh, if the body's in a state of fight or flight, whether it's temp temporary or chronic, the physiology is predetermined. Brain function reduces to the hindbrain, you know, heart rate elevates, blood vessels constrict, muscles contract, digestion slows down, the immune system stops working. And so as I brought this back into that population that weren't responding to care, I started asking more questions and invariably I would ask them, you know, rate your stress on a scale of one to 10 and across the board, this is without any exception. All of them were a 10 out of 10. Some would say a 14 out of 10. And so I recognized right then that I wasn't treating back pain. I wasn't treating GI issues. I wasn't treating high blood pressure. I was actually treating stress in the body and in the nervous system. And so that's become this, this, this next iteration of my practice is I look at myself as a glorified electrician as I see the nervous system. And I'm looking simply where the electrical system is stuck in a state of fight or flight. And sometimes there's structural reasons for that being there, but there are so many circumstances and other reasons that, that have to be considered. If you're looking at the, the holistic picture, now we can move that body back into a state where it, it can rest and digest and heal. And that's an important thing. That is so powerful. There's so many, so many things I want to comment on here. Um, what you're describing in terms of the nervous system, really finding that balance or that harmony again between sympathetic and parasympathetic nervous systems, the sympathetic really being in that drive, stress, go, 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 that so many professionals or high performers find themselves in. And really, in my experience with you, we found ourselves in that kind of scenario at an event together that we we were working with uh, some other high performers. And I can say from personal experience that, and I've worked with so many practitioners at top, top levels of national and Olympic level sport and, and top professionals and you were there to support some of the participants of this event. And you were also supporting those of us who were working there as well. And I don't think we could have made it through this inaugural event without your support the way that we did, because we made it through with, with ease, with connection, with flow, with, um, with that level of balance and harmony, thanks to your treatments. And I can say that because the way that you treated, yes, was physiological and anatomical, focusing on the mechanics of the structure and what might have been out of balance, and also so broad in the sense of encompassing our levels of nervous system stimulation, our levels of stress, our historic emotional backgrounds. And I say our, I'm not going to speak for everyone, but for myself, 
it was a level of not only figuring out what my body or my energy or my spirit might have needed in the moment, but also doing that customized version of treatment for the other people you were treating in that very um, aware and practiced way. Uh, you call this holistic healthcare. Can you describe? So first of all, I want to say a huge thank you and to our audience. Yeah, thank you. Unbelievable treatment skills. I can say that unequivocally, these unbelievable treatment skills that you have that only come, I believe, that only come from a massive amount of practice and a massive amount of heart with awareness, heart with awareness towards another human being. So I say that to segue into what what you would describe or we could describe as holistic healthcare what does that mean to you so that other people can understand a level of holistic healthcare that they may not be familiar with i i love that question and thank you and it was an absolute honor and a privilege to be a part of that and to you know to share my gifts you know as as for you you know to share your gifts there's nothing more fulfilling and then being in our values, using our gifts to be in service of others. And so that has been certainly the the, the hallmarks of, of my profession and my career. I say it all the time, aside from being a husband and a father, which are my greatest privileges on this planet, being a doctor and being a holistic doctor to help people, to walk with people in pain and help them find resolution is, is one of the most gratifying things you could ever ask for. And, uh, and it's remarkable. I make a living doing it. Like what a what a beautiful thing. I love that alignment. I love that alignment. It's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. I don't wish that upon anybody because to, <laughs> to align their living with their passion becomes, you know, that's that can be very, very challenging. But for the few that find that, it is a, it's a great privilege. And so the word holistic gets thrown around a lot. And I, and I think it's it's become a bit watered down. So I, you know, I I I pause at that word. And so here's here's my definition of holistic, you know. Um well, let me let me give a contrast. Um, a a contrast that I see out there is uh, is we oftentimes will carry a certain diagnosis. So a patient has shoulder impingement syndrome or carpal tunnel syndrome or Crohn's disease or you name it X Y Z, and and the unfortunate I understand the logistics of that. You know it's important for insurance things and all the all the purposes, but when that patient now goes to the next doctor. They're not really treating the entire patient. They're treating that 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 issue. Now we're looking at carpal tunnel syndrome. And so all the other questions about lifestyle, about history, about other factors that would contribute to that, including uh, musculoskeletal or neuromusculoskeletal issues above that carpal tunnel area, which would be right here in the wrist, they're not even looking at anything else. And so that becomes the, the challenge of, uh, of what diagnosis would do. And I'm not downplaying completely on diagnosis, but... It's, it is, I use that in contrast to what holistic is. Mm -hmm. So I could have a similar scenario. Someone comes in with carpal tunnel syndrome and, uh, and while they could share me, Hey, this is my diagnosis. This is, this is my thing uh, that they have, which I, I always try to, to filter that out too. Like it's not your carpal tunnel syndrome. You happen to be experiencing carpal tunnel syndrome. I think words are really, really powerful in our nervous systems. But the holistic is regardless what those symptoms may be presenting, it I, I'm looking at the whole organism, looking at the body, 
I'm looking at the electrical system of the body, which is the nervous system. We're looking through the emotional systems. Acupuncture, Eastern thought has brought a lot of that, that marriage between there of showing that these organ systems, which, or, which the meridians are named after organ systems, Eastern thought has given the given birth to this idea that organs carry certain emotions. And mm. when I learned that information, it was it was over my head. But as I started really recognizing I'm treating stress, and that's what I'm looking at is the body's inability to adapt to whatever degree of stress they're in, the emotions have come into it. And so kinesiology has merged what I would say east with west, because kinesiology is connected that with muscle systems. And so if an organ system is not working properly and that meridian system, which carries electricity from the nervous system, uh, if that's not working correctly, there are certain muscle groups that will be short circuiting. And now that there's muscular systems not working, uh, muscles move bones, bones to move muscles. So now we get structural issues that do show up. And so be able to unpack that whole thing, that's a holistic approach. And so it does incorporate body for sure, it incorporates mind, but also I use the word spirit oftentimes. Uh, that's a phrase commonly used together, body, mind, spirit. And what do I mean by spirit? Uh, you know, I speak into, you know, using the word spirit and nervous system oftentimes interchangeably. Mm -hmm. Okay. So this is, this is powerful because I'm going to, I'm going to make a, a little bit of a, maybe an assumption, maybe a leap here. So if we're seeing mechanical injuries, let's say it's especially something chronic like a carpal yeah. tunnel or, or like a chronic low back pain or chronic headaches or things like that, it sounds like what you're talking about is that this is a byproduct of some of what the nervous system might be signaling. And that nervous system might be accumulating a, a, combination of stressors that might be coming from an external environment stressors or perhaps internal environment stressors meaning we might have emotional stressors that we haven't been able to process uh, so there could be external stressors internal stressors and either way they are stressors on our nervous system which then can contribute to some of the mechanical things we're seeing as byproducts would, would that describe some of what you are um, drawing, drawing out for us. Yeah, 100%, 100%. And, and through my education, I loved my educational background. I'm so grateful for it, but they didn't really teach that aspect, but, but it just experience has shown me as I started looking for, you know, what else is causing stress in this nervous system? Uh, I have come to that conclusion that, you know, there are certain, there are injuries that do happen, um, you know, on the, the playing field that are, you know, acute, traumatic in nature. And frankly, you know, the, the, uh, those type of injuries are, are almost easier to fix because you, you know, the exact yeah. mechanism or causation yeah. so that work reverse engineering that becomes quite simple. Uh, and to your, you know, and thank you. I mean, you said that so, so well, but I, I do see it happening on that from the nervous system perspective, we call that the energetic perspective. Yeah. But you know, electricity is, is ultimately what the brain and nervous system generate. Every tissue, every cell in your body conducts electricity. It ought to conduct it perfectly well. And this is a, an Eastern thought from acupuncture, but their, their notion is spot on. It's where electricity goes, blood flows. And so in, in Japanese acupuncture, they call that, it's not chi energy, they call it ki energy. And ki, uh, that, that word is interchangeable with the electricity of the body. 
and with blood flow. So the, they use blood flow and electricity interchangeably. And I've incorporated that principle into my into how I look at the body. So if we do see, uh, you know, a, a body tissue holding on to a charge uh, that's imbalanced, now, you know, where electricity goes, blood flow. So electricity can rush into that area, causing inflammation. In acupuncture, we'd call it stagnation or congestion. But ultimately, new blood now becomes like a traffic jam. New blood flow cannot get into those tissues. So those tissues become less than viable. And so eventually uh, the, the pain patterns will show up. And so that will oftentimes be secondary to some of these, these other impactful things of stress. So that's very, um, that's very interesting because sometimes I, when it comes to what we're talking about, what you're, what you're describing of the electrical signals and that influencing blood flow and that literally being a, a form of communication within the body. Now let's take, I, I, you know, that some of my background was in high level sport in the area of physiology and strength and conditioning. And now in my career, I do a lot of mindset coaching for leaders and in culture creation and businesses. So let's say we take a high performing human and they are leading a company and that high performing human sees a lot of stress throughout the day. And then they choose to go for a run, a quick run as their stress relief. And then they find that, and they're monitoring their heart rate, they're monitoring a few metrics and they're finding that their stress levels aren't really going down, but they feel like they need this run for stress relief. Now, I was in a situation like this with a client and having the background that I have in, in treatment and in, in high performance sport, I realized that that nervous system was just getting stimulated and stimulated and stimulated. And I gave the, I gave the advice of, you know, it's fantastic that you're going for the run for your exercise. I love that you're doing this. And there's going to have to be some sort of alternative for down regulating, turning the dial down on this nervous system, because this human is literally, I'm drawing this picture so people can make the parallels for themselves. This human is going from a high stress environment with a lot of responsibility to travel to home with children to more responsibility at home and then choosing an activity that is going to be a significant stressor on the body to relax. And so this body, this nervous system, if we just kind of separate it out, this nervous system is really never getting a, a, a dial down or a disconnect from all the push, 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 go, 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 stress, stress, stress. I, I, and you, you've got lots of nods here. Is that something that you're seeing more and more with, with professionals that you treat nowadays, high performers that you treat nowadays, what does that look like for you? Yeah, that's, that's a perfect scenario, right? Like I think a very familiar scenario for, for many that might be listening to this and, and truly, I think the, uh, we become, here's our nervous system, right? We become so well adapted and it's easily an adaptation. And I'll give a, a, an easy example of adaptation that I'll apply it to stress, but you know, you stub your toe, 
And before you put the very next step down, your body's in a state of adaptation. Muscles have tightened, some have loosened, but it has changed the way you put that foot on the floor to take pressure off the injured toe. And that's an adaptation and it happens in real time. And that's a very short-term adaptation, but let's take it looking at stress. You know, these high performers, they've been under some significant stress for for quite a while, uh, for years and oftentimes decades. And, uh, and so, you know, the, uh, the misnomer with stress is we've kind of just given this blanket idea that stress is bad. And, mm-hmm. and I, I want to at least to, to distinguish what that is, you know, stress is helpful, right? This, you stress a muscle to grow a muscle, you stress neural networks to, to learn a new skill or, or gain new habit or gain new knowledge. So stress has, has its properties there for growth, but it's the unmitigated stress that goes unregulated in the body that that is what becomes this chronic stress. And so, like I mentioned, adaptation, our bodies adapt pretty quickly. I remember, you know, back in chiropractic school, we would take uh, anywhere from like 27 to 32 credit hours per per term. And and that was, you know, a lot. And uh, I remember between each semester break, uh, you know, we'd start a new semester and it would be, you know, beating from a fire hose again. And it would take me two weeks or so to, to become acclimated to that pace of, of, of knowledge again, but my, my nervous system would acclimate each time. And, and so we, we acclimate to this level of stress so quickly, but mm-hmm. oftentimes, and here's the thing I think for, for this executive or this high functioning individual is they don't have an activity. They don't have something that can turn that volume down mm-hmm. while running is a beautiful activity. And, you know, I use running all the time to clear my head, uh, to, to get into my body. And while that's a, a perfect activity, but there, there's a red line effect here. So if that nervous system's already redlining, uh, doing more physical activity probably isn't the answer because we're toying with a, with a breakdown. And what might break down, it could, could throw a hammy out. It could uh, you know, be a, a structural issue, a, a back or a neck could, could give you the response of, hey, we're going too much. Or uh, we'd see another form of breakdown. And it could be that hormones aren't able to regulate. So sleep now becomes compromised or uh, dietary needs that we start having more cravings or need more uh, more caffeine through the day to, to sustain that. And so these are states that we don't really, because it's it's so commonplace, we don't even recognize them as being symptoms. But yeah. you know, my, my great what if that I offer you know, to everyone is, you know, what if your nervous system provided you perfect feedback always in real time and what if that perfect feedback was just like we use the metaphor of the rock in our shoe you know that metaphor you know we've all experienced that enough times we know exactly the moment that rocks in our shoe and we know precisely the intervention and we know you know we know when we get that rock out we know that it's out because that feedback is there and that's the purpose of the feedback and so when our body and our nervous system is giving us feedback that you know we're not sleeping well we're not digesting well heart rate is too high, when we're not recovering as well as we should, when we're not being as, as patient and tolerant of those that we love, you know, these are all indications that it's time to recalibrate. And so yeah. and there's lots of ideas out there of how to recalibrate. And, uh, and I can leave that up to these individuals are seekers and they'll find that, but we can certainly speak into that. I'd love to kick it back to you and hear your thoughts. Well, no, this is, is so beautiful because I, you know, I have this little bit of intel having been treated by you that when you're looking for the cause, you're looking for the cause and you recognize that, yes, there could be a cause that was an old injury. You recognize there could be a cause that was 
um, that is, you know, an overload on certain tissues from positioning of your day-to-day -day life. And you recognize that the cause could be something emotional. It could be something traumatic. It could be something, you know, I, I watched you manage someone dealing with certain emotional things and it came from their history I watched you deal. And when I say deal with it, you're treating a person who has some physical ailments or physical byproducts, but what was really going on was something from their far years ago past or another person who's dealing with a very immediate emotional thing. And there are symptoms coming out with their, with their bodies. So when I, I want to, I want to point to something that it's a little bit different in terms of, of this, because what I've just described is not something that is easily labeled by the healthcare system, meaning, you know, there's a diagnosis. If we put a sticky note on someone, then it's okay. Let's focus on that bright yellow sticky note called carpal tunnel, called whatever, migraine headaches, called low back pain, chronic low back pain. So we're going to focus on that sticky note that's highlighted there. However, there are often some underlying causes that the healthcare system or the insurance system may not recognize. And you've pointed to before in that, that one of the biggest challenges that you've had is recognizing your own value in how you treat. That's a different definition of what the healthcare system defines. The healthcare system defines X number of treatments for this type of injury, and this is the amount that someone gets paid. When you're in holistic healthcare, you're treating the whole human. You're treating the whole, you know, I think of naturopaths. I think of holistic practitioners. You're treating the whole human, and the cause is often, uh, maybe there's multiple causes. Maybe there's one cause that isn't as obvious as a, uh, an acute injury, like a, a sprained ankle. Uh, how, how has this shifted you as a professional? How has this shifted your, your life and just realizing that the value that you offer is so much greater than what our system defines? Uh, I love that question. Cause that, that puts it in the right perspective. Um, you know, and here's what kind of led me that down that pathway is I, you know I was in network with nearly every insurance company and uh, and it was a beautiful way to grow a practice and and it gave me an opportunity to to treat a lot of people um, and and what I found though is you know I think most most body workers in general whether it's chiros physical therapists massage therapists acupuncturists uh, most of us are pretty good at helping people get out of pain. And so that was a privilege and I got to learn and I used, you know, every patient encounter was like a, a lab experiment of just like what principles am I, am I gathering here? I'm finding patterns and, and, uh, and, and more skill sets there. But the, the pattern that I saw is we could get somebody out of pain pretty quickly, but, you know, six weeks later, six months later, or 18 months later, they would come back in with the same exact pain pattern. And I saw this pattern happen over the course of a decade or so. And, and, uh, and, and it was, you know, it completely indicated to me that there's something else that's going on here. And so, that, you know, my my whole methodology is it's a it's conversational treatment. So I am asking the patient questions and leaning in on where I hear pain points. And truly, you know, now anymore, 
Uh, just like probably a good accountant could look at a spreadsheet and see like, hey, there's something that's not quite right here. I don't know what it is yet. But when they do some forensics, they see I found it. It's the same thing. This, this muscle has been developed over some time. I can hear stress. I can feel it. I can hear it. And so as soon as that is exposed and, and offered, we go right into the source of it. And so that's that has certainly shifted how I work with patients. Um, and, and it was all focused with this. You know, I, I want to offer more. I wanted mm-hmm. to offer more to these people and and the insurance companies uh, and and it's what a what a privilege it is to have insurance, but they they don't they don't reward greatness they don't regret reward <laughs> great treatment it's they they want that box checked and mm-hmm. so uh, so I I found in my uh, quest for knowledge but quest in just providing more for my patients that that model of the work in the insurance became completely incongruent. With, mm. with what that patient actually deserved. And so back into value, you know, there's, uh, it's been an interesting discussion. Um, you know, I've, I've had the privilege of helping thousands of people with hip pain or back pain or neck pain or shoulder pain, significant pain where they can't pick up their grandchild or they can't do whatever sport that, is, that, that they're doing. And I've come to just ask the, the simple question, maybe a silly question is how much is a hip worth? You know, taking somebody from not being able to go up their stairs to being able to do the 5K that they've been wanting to do for a very long time. You know, what's the value of that? And 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 I've started to let patients entertain that. And as as that value has risen, my ability because there's this principle, this law of fair exchange, my ability to deliver and over deliver on that value has been there. And and so that's that's been a unique thing. And I I look at in contrast, you know. Um, you know, proactive medicine versus reactive medicine. And I think that, you know, the value, you know, long-term is being in that proactive phase. And so, you know, investing there is important. And and this has prompted you to modify your delivery of treatment. You, you will, mm-hmm. you do in-person treatment work and you also do some treatment work that's online and you offer coursework and you offer different modalities for people to gain more from the treatment than the traditional way of coming for this X, you know, 20 minute appointment or whatever it is. And away we go and then you leave. And so now you, it has really prompted you to expand your delivery so that you can reach more people, but also increase the value of your service. Yeah, precisely. Yes. You know, it's certainly, it's the, the benefit of it is certainly I've reached more people but uh, but where where it's really been focused is how can I provide more service to this person to this individual, and so I have a I have a clinic in Southern California and I have a clinic here in Arizona, and I'm able to to offer support when I'm not in that practice uh, on a on a regular basis. So I truly have positioned myself as a resource for patients. And what's beautiful, those that know my work, they can call or text and, and set up an appointment, and within you know a short period of time we, they, they trust, and I do too. I, we trust that we can get to the solution, whether it's in person or remote. That's Which sounds so much more comprehensive. Yeah. It, it's not just a one, one option approach or just a one way approach. It's, it's so much more holistic, comprehensive, broad. You have those options. Um, there's, there's a couple more questions that I want to ask about you had gotten some advice at one point that said take no credit, take no blame. 
Um, I love that piece of advice for a practitioner because you truly are so humble around the, your your description of what you're doing. You you keep saying I've provided good service, I've provided good, and and I I've been treated by a lot of different people with some pretty significant injuries and. And you provide much, much better than good, in my humble opinion. Mm -hmm. However, I think this comes from what you practice, which is, you know, take no credit, take no blame when it comes to treating people. You really, truly realize that there is there is responsibility and ownership in a person's body. And, and I don't just mean their body, but their whole nervous system, their whole mindset, their whole mentality, their whole overall health. And you, you honor that. It sounds like that's what it sounds like to me. You're honoring that. You're honoring that also with, with being honest with the patient, telling the patient what's really going on instead of, instead of uh, sugarcoating something. Because to me, that says that you believe in the highest version of them to be able to receive that, not not to have to make things better for them because you you think less of them, but you really believe in their highest version of themselves to be able to to receive what's really going on there. How how would you am I describing that close yeah. to accurately, or is that would what would what would you change there? No, that, that's that's a beautiful description. Thank you. And you know, something I would do just to add some context to it is, you know. I've, I didn't know this coming into this profession, but I've become a student of pain. And so for the last nearly 20 years, I've been studying pain and pain has a distinct language. Uh, you know, muscles hurt differently than ligaments, bones hurt different than muscles and ligaments, organic pain or, you know, pain from organs hurt differently, vascular pain, you know, in the electrical system, the nervous system pain or acupuncture pain, it's all different. And so being able to be a, a you know, a, a body whisperer and being able to interpret that pain. And in this, this study of pain, I've become pretty philosophic, you know, almost maybe romantic with pain in general is, you know, there's, there's two words that are, that are linked in the English language often, and it's growing pains. And, you know, we use other words like peanut butter and jelly, you know, maybe husband and wife, like those are words that are commonly coupled, but growing pains and so I, I look at through the lens of a, of a principle and the principle is all things at all times work together for our good. And that's a, a, a beautiful principle. That's a challenging principle for many. I've had some lovely patients who have either been cheated on by a spouse or gone through bankruptcies or had a, a child pass away due to an illness or an accident. Uh, and so here I am sharing this principle with them and allowing, you know, offering up to find the good. And that's, that's a challenging thing. But there's another law that's built on top of that, and it's the law of balances, that all things are in balance. And so, you know, body does an amazing job of maintaining homeostasis, you know, body temperature, blood pH, uh, hormone levels, sugar, blood sugars. These are all balanced in a very intricate way. And so when our body gives us symptoms, it is just an indicator to us. It's simply just a love letter from our body saying, hey, something's not quite right here. And so trusting that becomes a, a vital a vital piece. And so that's something I want to, you know, I teach and I infuse with my patients of just trust your body. Uh, and, and when they can trust that feedback and I can help them interpret that feedback, now it puts them into this pathway of living a life without fear. 
And when we truly understand and we can acknowledge and and then recognize, you know, the metaphor of shaking that rock out of your shoe, but recognize like, hey, this is something that's not quite balanced. And we can pause like, well, what's going on right now where that comes up? And you can see something that's happening and we can address it in real time. And so that's ultimately what, what I'm trying to do is, is arm my patients with this with this ability themselves to navigate through their pain and navigate and bring meaning and purpose to it. I love that. And I love that, that love letter from our bodies to ourselves and really being able to trust our bodies. Uh, just to wrap up here, a couple more questions. Do you, do you have someone that you lean on to really help treat you? Are there some support systems that you have since you're giving so much to other people while you're, while you're caring for others? Uh, yeah, great question. Because we, we all need a support system. So I have a great chiropractor. He's a traditional chiropractor. Uh, Dr. David Phillipson in Huntington Beach is fantastic. Here in Arizona, I, I have another guy, Dr. Mc, uh, McFarland. And so these are the kind of more traditional uh, chiropractors, but I think that it has been a beautiful thing for my body. And then I use meditation. I use cold therapy. I do use exercise with purpose. You know, my exercise, my, you know, I, I have an official dad bod in my mid forties now, you know, and, and that's, so it no longer is exercise, the focus of, of, you know, getting my mile time below six minutes or, you know, it's really, it's intentional on, on balancing my nervous system. Mm -hmm. And so I use these principles intentionally, personally, and then, you know, I do have a relationship with my creator. And, mm -hmm. and I find that to be one of the most balancing things as I seek higher knowledge and higher wisdom and spiritual understandings. It brings, you know, compassion back into my life. And so it's through that grace that I can show up and be present for people. Thank you for sharing what is helpful for you, because I think that we can all draw from the insights of others to help ourselves as well. And lastly, would you would you give, is there one piece of advice that you would give to who, either you're a past version of yourself, a young person developing, or maybe it's a career professional. Is there a piece of advice that you'd like to give out there that's on your heart or mind? Thank you. Um, yeah. You know, if I were speaking to my, my, the younger me, uh, I would just encourage him to just believe in himself. You know, I, I think that's always been a guiding light, but I've sought for advice from so many people and some have been, been great advice. Uh, some was great advice that I didn't follow, to be honest, but, but, you know, oftentimes it was distracting from following this, this deeper vision of what is me. And uh, I think each one of us, what we, regardless of the field, we all have gifts. We all have talents that are being developed and trusting in those gifts and trusting those talents is what puts us here. And in uh, any difficulty along the way, anything that comes up as what is an apparent obstacle is really there to teach us. And so finding the purpose and finding the lesson in those difficult moments, uh, it allows us these greatest accelerations through. So that'd be the advice I give to my, my younger self and to any up and coming professional in any field is, is don't, don't run away from any challenge, face it, look at it and see what's there for you. I love that. I love that. Can you share with us your your social media handle, your Instagram? We'll pop that in your in the show notes. What is your Instagram for those listening right now? Thank you. My Instagram is kinesiology doc. Oh, kinesiology. beautiful. 
And your website? Uh, I, I have a Facebook. It's, my handle is just Matthew Ormond. Yeah. And, uh, and website is actually being, it's in the final stage of construction. I took it down and we're building it back up again. I love it. I love it. Well, thank you so much for sharing more about what you do and who you are, because I think the world needs more of you. And I hope that we can share a little more of you out there and our audience can certainly benefit from what you've shared with us today. So thank you so much, Dr. Matt, and I hope we can speak again soon. All right. Thank you. If you enjoy listening to the Empowered Team podcast, you'll love being on the Empowered Team. The Empowered Team is our group coaching and accountability program where we provide the tools, skills, and community for you to grow your self-mastery as a leader and optimize your results alongside other leaders. The Empowered Team runs year-round. To learn more about our leadership consulting for business and our Empowered Team group coaching, head to www.theempowered.ca slash empowered-learn-more. That's www.theempowered.ca slash empowered-learn-more. We can't wait for you to join us. Let's go.